Welcome to Lifebox Media Jail Radio Podcast. Today we have the pleasure of interviewing one of the Radio Gunners band members, Mr. Paul Shreve. How are you today, sir? I'm doing great. Yourself? Thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much for coming on the air today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Tell us a little bit about your band, my friend. Well, we're uh, an Austin trio. Um, uh, we're, we're three guys that kind of got together from very eclectic backgrounds, and um, I just started having fun playing around town, and the next thing you know, we were in the studio and uh, working on this new album, and uh, just got it out in December. We were just listening to a little bit of it right before we got on the air. Um, I, I tell you what, I was listening to uh, Talk to Me With Your Eyes. Tell me a little bit about that song. Well, that's one of Jeff's songs. Jeff, uh, actually, uh, Jeff, uh, an, an ex-rodeo uh, cowboy uh, in his younger days in the, well, I guess it's the junior league. I don't know that that genre of athletics as much as I should, I guess. But, uh, you know, he was writing Bronx and, and everything and learning guitar. And uh, he, he wrote that one, I want to say, 15 years ago, maybe. And, uh, and you know, brought it into the group and we kind of sat down and went, yeah, this is uh, this this is going to work for us, and just kind of started playing around. And I don't know if you've talked to, uh, if you've looked at our our core instrumentation, but we have uh, accordion, and then I do mandolin and guitar, and then Jeff does guitar, and um, and we mix up the vocals between the three of us. And it was just one of those things where people came back and said, you know, that reminds me of uh, when I was first eight. <laughs> right, right. Do me a favor. I, I hear that. Do me a favor, my friend. Um, talk right into the mic because I kind of faded out a little bit on you right there for a Sorry second. Sorry about that. No uh, problem. Yeah, is that I better? Do, I do it all the time. Yes, thank you, sir. And, um, well, it, it's just got a lot of, I've seen a lot of great comments on it online. That and, and Cage and Smile seem to get a lot of play. And mm -hmm. uh, there's one that really kind of stuck, stuck out a little bit. Is Mr. Abraham. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, that's kind of, in some ways, that's that's one of our signature songs. Uh, that, that's one of my tunes that I started working on. To be quite frank, I had finished reading a book called uh, Team of Rivals, which is about Abraham Lincoln and the first cabinet. And it was so moving uh, and everything. And, and, and I kind of I came home from a trip, a long airplane ride, and we literally said hello to the wife and everything, and popped upstairs and with the jet lag and everything, I was started strumming around and literally kind of put together the structure of the song in about 20 minutes. Wow. And then it's, it's, well, it's really a ballad, a fairly simple ballad, but the thing about it is it's about the movement at the end of the book when Mr., when President Lincoln has been assassinated. You know, the, the funny, the, the, the weird thing, not funny, but weird, is the United States didn't know what to do. We'd never had that happen. And it was the end of the Civil War, and everybody was at the at the point of celebration because the war's over. Right. And then we have the assassination. And so what happens is that, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, that Lincoln snuck into Washington, D.C. through a surreptitious route on the railroad uh, and from, from Springfield to D.C. He went north up towards New York, uh, Albany, New York, and then down and even took a a coach ride from, I think it was from Baltimore. Wow. So he kind of came in because there were assassination uh, rumors out. Right. So he dies, and everybody goes, what do we do now? And they said, well, we should take him home. And uh, and then I, I, one of the cabinet members said, well, let's, let's, let's 
take them home by train. And let's, uh, then what happened is all the cities like Albany, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore, uh, Cleveland, I think it was, all the cities said, we'd, we'd like to have them lie in state. And so they basically followed the 1,600-mile journey back. And there were literally thousands and thousands, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people that would wait in line. Like in New York City, they, you know, instead of closing the line off at 6 or 7 o'clock evening, they let it go all night because people were still in line to, to go to, to see him lie in state. But then the, the problem was when I kind of read the book and I kind of I realized and I did some other historical stuff, what about the really poor? Because you got to realize beginning of planting season, a lot of people couldn't break away to go to the big city and they, and they had no cash. Right. But they could figure out the train route because there weren't that many tracks. So you could figure out the train route. So people would line up along the train, the rails, and wait for the train to go by to, to bow their heads and pay respect. And that just moved me, and I kind of went, all right. And I'll never forget, I came down, and I did the first pass of the words and came down and showed it to my wife, and she said, that's, that's, that's pretty good, almost there. <laughs> you know, the, the missus gives you the nod, that's pretty good right off the bat, man. <laughs> yeah, so then, then, you know, worked it out a little bit. And then what's really kind of funny in the story of this song is, it's, you know, Pete and I, the, the accordion player, Pete and I first got together when I came to uh, Austin, about five years ago, and uh, we met, we were living in the same uh, condo kind of complex. And um, what happened is, is we started playing that song, and then I said, you know, let's go to a couple open mic nights. And we went to an open mic night. One of the first ones we went to was um, right before Memorial Day. And uh, it was at a club here in Austin uh, that's no longer here, but used to call it, it was called Strange Brew. And it was the Sunday before Memorial Day. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know anybody open mic nights, but they could be really kind of crazy. You, you don't know rough, what you're going to do. So we go in and we play this one. It's kind of gospel-y. It's very soulful. And, um, and you know, and, and as we got up, I, I said, you know, we'd like to, you know, tomorrow's Veterans Day. This is about, about a veteran paying his last respect to the commander in chief, when you think about it, right? Right. And we played. And, you know, we stopped, and it was dead silent. And I'm going, well, oops. And then, then clapping, because we're, we're up on stage. It's all dark. You can't see. So then we're hustling off stage, and I look up, and there's a line of people. And it was a bunch of veterans that said, we want to shake your hand. Wow. Nobody had written a song about veterans. But then Pete and I, we, we, we can't go through the line. It was no back. And then we, we were sitting at this little cocktail table, right? It's covered in beers. <laughs> I, I said, Pete, I think we we kind of hit, you know, we, we kind of hit something good there. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it meant something to somebody. And, you know, as a, as a composer, you know, uh, you know, the three of us, we for us, it's, if we can move somebody, if we can make a difference for somebody with, with our songs, then, then you know you're in the right place. Oh, for sure, no doubt about that. And you go from not sharing if they're going to give you the hook and lynch you to all of a sudden, oh my gosh, you know they're buying you beers and want to shake your hand. It's totally. I mean, I bet you you weren't sure which door to look for first. <laughs> oh yeah, and if, you know what, what's funny is it, the, the the song. The next phase of that song is I met Jeff through a mutual friend, and we were, 
jamming together, doing stuff. And, you know, you're doing your normal stuff. And yes, I put down my guitar, picked up the mandolin, and I said, let me show you this one. And Jeff says, let's do that one again. And so we did Abraham again. He goes, I'd really like to sing that. And I said, Jeff, you're a better singer than me. I'd be great. I'd be grateful if you sang that. <laughs> so he said, let me tweak a few words. I said, you got it, buddy. He came back and I said, and you got you to gotta meet my other buddy here, uh, Pete who plays the accordion and bang. And then, you know, and it's funny, one of those, it, it was one of those songs that every time we showed it to new people, like when we went into the recording studio and we started doing it and uh, with the piano and, and the, the violins and everything, what happened is, is that we get to the chorus and what uh, with one of the engineers is, uh, 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 Charlie was just fantastic at, and recorded it, by the way, at 12th Street Sound. And, what happens is I go, you know, what I want is lead the, uh, the accordion, but I want it to be really bellowy because I want that church organ sound, you know, um, and I forgot what they called it. I think it was called maybe a harmonium where in the prairie, the organ was this wooden thing and people would pump it with the pedals with their feet and play it. And it had a very airy sound to it, kind of creepy. Right. Sure enough. He, he, you know, I said, Pete, can you do that? And he goes, yes, sir. <laughs> and I said, all right, Charlie, can you capture it? And he goes, all right, nobody's asked me to do that yet, but let's go do it. And it just, I just think it came out great. So we're real proud of that one. The, the, you know, the three really contributed, and then we, uh, we went in with the full band. Usually we play as a trio, but when we do large gigs, we bring in the full, van, full band with the cello and the violins and uh, drums and bass and everything. So, uh, and, and the album's pretty much all the full band going that's fantastic when did this come out uh december of uh yeah, uh, 2019. Right. yeah right. so it's just getting out it's just in fact i just got called that apparently i just selling in europe now so that's that was pleasant <laughs> i just got a note <laughs> well, well, and that's awesome we, ha we 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 have a nice space over there so uh i'm happy to hear that because uh, i hope uh, some of our listeners over there give us some feedback on that it'll be fantastic uh, that'd be wonderful yeah it's great uh we're, we're in about 12 or 13 countries so uh that that's really good and hopefully with everything going on right now people listen to a lot of music and keep their faith on things and keep their heads up so but yeah you betcha what was what was some of your influences growing up paul oh well you know i'm one of those guys who uh in high school, played rock and roll as hard as I could. I mean, if it was Black Sabbath and loud, I'm there, man. Right, you know? right. <laughs> as we all did. As we all did, right? Absolutely, brother. And then, Absolutely. Uh, then I, you know, I went off to college. And then what my, my history is, I go off to college and I, you know, I get, I get in some bands. And, you know, there's nothing worse, you know, five or six guys trying to pay for gas and split 80 bucks. <laughs> I was starving. <laughs> they didn't have you any know, dollar but, menus back then, brother. They didn't have any dollar menus back then. <laughs> oh man! But so then, what happened is, is that through a mutual friend, I got invited. Uh, well, I I decided to go and audition for um, for musical musical theater. What really had happened was the movie cast of Jesus Christ Superstar, you know, Carl Anderson, Yvonne Elliman, and Ted Neely, and the main actors, were touring the West Coast. And I was in Santa Barbara going to UCSB at the time. And literally, my drummer friend and I, we showed up with guitars and drums to a, to a backstage choir audition. And so we kind of sat there quietly, and then the conductor was 
auditioning all these folks. And he, you know, and he looks at us and goes, well, where are you guys here? And he said, well, we wanted an audition for the band. He says, I got a band. But he said, you know, the drummer didn't show up. So he said, can you read? And, you know, uh, my, my drummer Lee goes, yeah. And he looks at me, and he goes, can, can you read? And, you know, I said, yeah, I can read the music. He goes, all right. He said, you know what? I've got a guitar player, but there's two books because there's two parts. Uh, and do you mind playing second chair? And I really didn't know what that meant that much. <laughs> but I but I was raised by a naval officer, and I had one reply. I do not mind at all, sir. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we got the audition, and then, you know, then we're making more money than the whole band would make in one night. And then when we toured, we found out that we were on this thing called per diem, where they give you money. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> We had no idea. We were just kids. Right. <laughs> you know, we were we, we were on tour to San Francisco. And we had friends, so we were going to stay up there. And then they we show up, and you know, we go to the to the pickup rehearsal, and they they got envelopes of just money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's per diem? Per day. This is your allowance per day. We just kind of looked at each other and went, "Oh my god." We, we hit the jackpot. You're a rock and from roll star on, now, brother. <laughs> from, from then on, I, I spent the rest of my career at, at basically doing as much musical theater as I could in the Santa Barbara, Los Angeles area. And then I toured the next summer with the uh, Superstar Movie Cast 2 and just, just had a wonderful time and learned so much. Because the point at that, at that uh, up till then, I'd been playing in band. Right. Now I'm playing with world-class you know, or, or orchestras kind of thing. I mean, I've got flute sections and I began to learn to write for other instruments and to imagine, you know, not banging away on the guitar all the time, but allowing space in music. It was just wonderful. That had to be amazing. I mean, such a, uh, a legendary um, movie play, um, everything. Uh, that That's just incredible. I mean, to think about that today, and I don't think people give enough reference or thought of how ahead of its time that show was and is still holds up today. Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. I just watched, if you, if you get a chance, I just was in New York, though, I don't know, a couple months ago, a little longer than that, I guess. And uh, I, I went to go see Hamilton, which is, to me, is today what Superstar was back in the... the late seventies. Really? It's I have not seen completely. I, I was thinking, am I going to really like this? You know, the, the, the way, you know, I, I heard it's all wrapped. No, it is fantastic. American musical theater once again has, has just resurrected itself and revitalized itself with the language of the street. And I, and it, it's fabulous. Oh, now I have to see it now. Now, now you just told me now, especially with you being with, such a, you know, uh, an iconic, a legendary, uh, you know, show as in Jesus Christ Superstar. Now you really made me entire my taste to see this uh, show now myself. Gotta go, man. Gotta go. So, so, <laughs> so when you come out of this, now this isn't, you get a real lesson. This isn't a school lesson. You get a real lesson to music and performance and show. You know, where does that, does that change your flavor of things to what you want to perform? You know, in the future? Absolutely. I mean, the other thing I did back in, uh, you know, I have also uh, been conducting church choirs and, and been involved with church music to get a better classical background. So, you know, that opened me up. I had the great fortune of 
of living in uh, London for a while, but just outside of London in a, a village called Weybridge in, in Cobham area. And uh, what was great about that is, is that, you know, I got exposed to musicians who learned to who learned music, but learned on the British system, which is different than the American systems, and that just opened my eyes. Plus, I had the great opportunity to do open mic stuff in pubs and stuff in uh, in England. And uh, you know, the, the the funniest thing I ever did out there is that I remember I went, I found out about a blues club through a to a, a, a work colleague, and he said, yeah, 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 Tuesday nights, I think it was, they played blues. I said, great. So I grabbed my mandolin and guitar and went out there, and and I walked in, and they, they're, looking at the, they're looking at the mandolin going, what do you do with that? I said, well, <laughs> you can play blues on that, too. And they go, and it hit me that in, in England, their idea of blues for, in this area was very Chicago based. Okay. You know, checkers, checkers recording, I mean, you know, things like Howlin' Wolf and stuff like that. And I said, no, 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 no. You understand blues in America, you've got country Western blues, you've got, you go down to Louisiana, you got the Cajun kind of blues. Right. You got the Deep South blues. I said, blues is just ingrained. And, and so we were playing along and then, you know, we were playing jamming along and then, you know, I put the guitar down fire up the, the mandolin and, and they, they just kind of lit up because they were going, wow. And I said, yeah, the other thing is, is it bring, always bring a gun to the, to, to the gig that's different than everybody else's because that way the mandolin stands out. Nobody else had a mandolin at that gig. <laughs> right, right. You, you were the one man show right there with that. Darn tootin', man. It was fun. And they kind of, and you know what? Then, Everybody just loosens up, and you're part. You know, you're you're part of the family. I mean, when the loose players get to play together and, and start jamming, uh, it it's kind of like a family thing, kind of almost. It it, it it has that feel. You get after a couple of uh, after an hour, or so you get very comfortable with where everybody kind of sees their space, and you learn how to make space for the other guy. I was going to say, is, isn't a, a big part of blues is positioning yourself and pacing yourself, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's the way Making, I understand it. That's the way I've, I've yeah, been it, told. It really is. The, the funniest thing is, is that, you know, okay, when I was young and we were playing really hard and loud, it was also, how many notes can I hit per second? <laughs> right, 300 miles an hour. Yeah, when you're 17, you just get you just get your fingers you know, burning. And then you realize, no, it's not how many notes you play, what notes you play, where you put them. Right. I think I think a lot of musicians today, I think sometimes and I, and I have some great musicians today, but I think some of them, they've kind of missed some of that that have missed over those times because sometimes you, know, you get too fast or whatever. And, and it is. But I really like the fact that you just kind of laid that out there so smoothly because it's a great educational course. Yeah. Well, first, you know, when I was in Superstar, I remember this old um, um, violin player. Where we were, we were, you know, we were doing what's called the blocking. So you're you're kind of chopping up the music and adding bits and pieces so that you get people moved around up on stage. And uh, and then you know the uh, the the conductor goes, you know, Paul, I want you to task with me. Don't play for these first five measures right here. And then I want you to come in. And then the, the, this little this violin player looks at me and goes, Paul, remember, you pay just as much for the rests as you do the notes. <laughs> Ah, that's, a, that's a good advice that. right there. 
That's really good advice right there. Now, tell me a little bit more about this album. Um, you know, Paul, ladies, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, talking to Mr. Paul Shreves right now from the Radio Gunners Band, and he's giving us a complete story about his history of things and this brand new album you guys got to check out. Tell us a little bit about it, Paul. Well, uh, the, the album is, like I say, it's the three of us. Um, eclectic musicians. Pete comes from a world of, of accordion and keyboard, and he's got uh, uh, Cajun. Uh, he was raised in New Mexico, so he's got, like, like Linda Ron said, he's got that whole uh, Hispanic uh, uh, thing going on, and uh, you know he brings that. Jeff is a fabulous vocalist. Uh, uh, I keep I keep kidding him. He's he's you know the best crooner I've ever played with, which is why we included songs like uh, um, "Fly Me to the Moon." The, Love the, your the first song on the album. Love the version. Of oh, for, you know it was one of those things where you know he says, uh, "Have you ever done that?" And I go, "No," but uh, <laughs> you know Sinatra, Rat Pack, I'm there. You know, let's do it. Right. And he starts playing, and I go, "All right." Let me let me uh, do some mandolin on this thing and and brought Pete in and my goodness we just kind of that's one of the, the the songs we requested a lot that and uh, a maiden's prayer which is the classic uh, Bob Wills yes. from what nineteen thirty four I think maybe I, I I'd have to look up the copyright but um, so we could go anywhere from the, some classics to. The more, uh, you know, Abraham we've talked about, which is a, what I would call a classic battle. Pete's got Mon Cher, Ma Bell. He brought that, and he and I worked on that. And so now we've got uh, uh, Cajun starts off in French, goes to English, goes back to French. Um, and, you know, the first time we played that on TV here in Austin, we were they had the studio door open. And we're playing, you know, you know how it is when you're in the studio on TV, it's just you yes, basically yes. playing to the wall, right? Yes. And some lights. But they left the door open, and I look out, and the secretaries are all dancing. And I'm going, well, <laughs> we must be doing great. something right Because <laughs> they were just having a good time. So we, you know, that, uh, so we have some dance things like that. The Hodo, which is uh, one, of, one of my things, and that goes from when I was young playing out in the, the California desert with my buddies. We used to call them hoedowns, and I had a bass player. He said, let's go do the hodo. And I went, all right. So that came into this whole hodo thing, which is the last song on the album, which is really about, you know, get your hat on, grab your things. I got dancing boots and new blue jeans. Just head out and party. <laughs> right on. Right <laughs> so, on. Uh, that, you know, it, we just love playing with each other. And then the other thing is that here in Austin, my goodness, some of the best session players. So we get to play with... All, all kinds of great players, players from the symphony. So we've got, you know, um, cello and violins from symphonic players on there. We've got, uh, oh, Michael Hale playing the rep board on Cajun. Uh, all kinds of music. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, to a certain extent, a testament to the great talent we have here in Austin, too. That is, yeah, that, that is, I mean, you know, and, it, and I'm originally a San Antonio boy. You know, Paul. So I mean, you're 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 only about what sixty nine miles away. You know, when I'm down there, you know. You know, any more, any more San Antonio and Austin, they're almost merge off I thirty. I mean, I thirty five. One big. Yeah, yeah, it's a rock's throw right now. Yeah, it's getting closer. San Antonio's getting bigger and bigger, and so is Austin. I think that you know, yeah. even though Austin gets 
a lot of attention. I don't feel that they get the attention they deserve when it comes to music because, and it's not just country music down there. I give a huge shout out to, because if you go down there, man, you can find everything and some of the, like you said, some of the very best in the world. Well, you guys are down there and you guys are kicking it hard. So, I mean, that's really cool. Um, you know, now as far as this album's concerned, I mean, I, I've seen it getting a lot of good play, uh, looking out there. I was checking it out on, on, uh, different platforms. And uh, tell us where you can find some of your music out and where you guys' social media is. Okay, we're at uh, theradiogunners.com is uh, our website, and uh, we're on uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Also, we've got, um, uh, we're available, uh, if, you, if you're old-fashioned like me and actually want to hold some music, and, you know, you can order CDs <laughs> off of Amazon or CD Baby. Also, we have several distributors that were uh, popping up in, in some of the independent music stores that still sell albums and CDs. So you'll see us, uh, especially um, uh, through CPI, uh, the distributor that's hitting all the major independents. Um, on the streaming platforms, iTunes, of course, uh, Amazon, Amazon Prime, Spotify, uh, Pandora, uh, you name it. So you can download it. You can stream it, um, just get it and enjoy it. Now, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, I mean, and, and we're out there, we're on every social media platform there is. I mean, we're everything from Instagrams and the YouTubes and the Facebooks and the LinkedIns. Um, we're also on Rizzle, which we have about 2.3 million views on Rizzle alone in the last six months. Wow. Um, so, and, and this is going to be everywhere. So, uh, I, you know, and it's, it's just amazing. I was so glad when I, you know, Barry Rogers over it. Over at Wayne uh, PR, sit there and says, "Man, look, I got this great band. You gotta talk to Paul Shreve's over there." So, like, I definitely, I said, "I'm looking forward to this." I go and I check out your music. I was like, "Man, these guys can go." And uh, oh, thank you. No, 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 that's it's it's really cool. You know, sometimes you listen to something, you're like, "Oh, that's all right," you know, and you find the best songs out of it. But I was listening to him, and you know, Mr. Abraham tells a great story. Which I like that. Yeah, that's important. And it's funny. You almost reminded me like you put this, you're putting this song together in like 20 minutes, which is just crazy to do. I mean, that's just that, you know. Sometimes, sometimes it's that. And sometimes I got, I got a song I've been struggling with for three years. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great song. I got the music all written. I can't figure out what I want to do with the rest of it. But sometimes when you're moved, I mean, every, every composer I know has these has a couple of things that just say it just worked out. I knew where I needed to drive this sound. Right. Well, yeah, you, you, you pulled that Lionel Richie thing, you know, Kenny Rogers goes up and says, I want to sing a song about lady. And he's like, lady, boom. And he writes the song and, you know, in 15 yep. minutes or whatever, that, that was your, <laughs> that was your lady. Boom. Off to the races. You know, <laughs> I mean, you got that, man. <laughs> and, and, and that's, that, that's really thing. So you guys write most of your music minus a couple covers yep. that you do. That is really cool. Yep. Do you guys collaborate all together and then put it together for all of, you know, all of your songs? Um, we, yes and no. I mean, you know, some of them were uh, written before we kind of got together. So like a couple of Jeff songs he had, uh, he had completed. And then if we help each other arrange, we don't, we, we don't worry that much about it. We just help arrange. Right. And then uh, Pete and I have collaborated on a couple and we're collaborating on more stuff for another album. So, uh, at this first album, um, it's the three of us writing our songs and collaborating on our songs and then doing the arrangements as a group, uh, all around. I mean, even, even the orchestral arrangements for what I do for you, which is, 
which is uh, uh, one of Jeff's songs. That was one of those ones where we actually recorded it to the band, and Jeff goes, I've always dreamed of cellos and stuff. And I said, yeah, but let's have like an English string ensemble. Not, not, I don't want, I don't want LA sounding strings or I don't want to sound like a, a show of a, a, a musical theater. Let's have it like I'm walking into a little home and there's a cello player and some violin players and you have that warm feeling. And you go, do it. Then we sat down. That's, that's what I do for you, which, which we really stretch the boundaries and, and um, <laughs> I had to get the pencils out and start thinking about writing for, for other instruments. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Now, and what did you say? What are the instruments you play yourself? I play guitar, bass, mandolin, and harmonica. <clears throat> I, I can play one of those, and that's the last one. <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Uh, when I grow up one day, I want to be I want to be able to play the guitar. Um, so, but no, that's really that's really awesome. Now, also, please give full names. So, Pete and and uh, okay, let's do that. Pete Nalva, yes, sir, who's on accordion and vocals, and uh, Jeff Weber, who's uh, guitar and vocals, and uh, crooner extraordinaire, and then I'm Paul Street. Guitar, bass, mandolin, and vocals, and uh, a little harmonica. Fantastic. Um, and as far as the fact of what is your, are you guys looking at, I heard you might be putting a tour together. Well, you know what? <laughs> it was looking real good until about 24 hours ago. Right. Right now, it's really getting hard. To, the, the answer to that, sir, is yes, sir, and we're going to, we're, we're kind of working with people. It, it's it's kind of crazy up there. I, I feel... Um, sorry for my fellow musicians because with South by Southwest being canceled and uh, everybody's just kind of kind of honkering down and I got a feeling it's going to be tough for live music for for four or five months even uh, to, through the summer which is terrible but you know we're all still playing we can all talk to folks like you on the radio we can all still get you know get our music out it's just going to be tough on the live circuit for uh, for all the musicians Yes, sir. Well, and, and that's the thing. And I brought that up to make sure just to say, look, and I'm even on it's down, but even on television, they're talking about the SEC tournament, you know, being canceled right now. But I mean, I, but I, I, I think God willing, I think it's going to kind of come and pass a little bit faster than we think. I hope so. And pray so. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. I want people to understand, please also support you know, your local musicians and your favorite musicians out there. And if they can't go see, if you can't go see them live, make sure to go on their websites, go on their iTunes and everything else where they sell their music and buy their music and their merchandise, because that way they can put out more music. Absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, you know, you have to have a love for music because it's not just, you know, you and I joked about the 20 minute writing a song, but you also talk about the song you've been working with three years that, one day you'll put together and boom, it'll come to you, but it's taken you several years to do so, and you don't make any money off that song until it's out there. You've got that right. And, you know, people pay to, you know, see you play and that kind of thing. So I want, you know, everybody to go out there and always, not just when there's epidemics and everything, pandemics and whatever else they want to say are out there, but to, to go on and check out, because it's a lot harder for a musician today to make a living than it was 5, 10, 15 years ago. Much more complicated, yes. I mean, oh. you know how I mean that. I mean, it's just you guys, you guys. Oh, you yeah. Know, I mean that in a, in a but, complimentary you know, you're a way. Yeah, but, you know, you're in it. If you're in it just for the money, you're in the wrong place. Don't be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause, cause the other thing is if you can't play with, with heart and soul, 
you're not gonna make any money anyway. <laughs> I, I totally agree. What What would you suggest? Now, I, you know, you have a lot of years of experience, and, and you're also you're you're a huge tech guy, right? You know, you were a corporate guy for a long time, right? Yeah, I did. I I, I worked internet stuff for thirty years almost. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. I was in it way in the beginning, like in the uh, when the uh, in, in high school, in, in, excuse me, in college. I was at UCSB, which actually was the third node of the internet. Wow! And people don't know that people people don't people also don't know that in the early days of the internet, that everybody was a musician. Everybody. I mean, it was it was hilarious, and I had a theory that the reason is because musicians can count in octets as opposed to being stuck on decimal and then computers a lot of times you have to use octets okay i'll take your word for that <laughs> <laughs> who am i to argue i got a lot of education but that one you just lost me with my friends so i'll take your word for that one um and, and it's great it's a great piece of knowledge there now let me ask you a question just off completely off subject what would you sure. suggest to a young musician or a young uh, artist that's coming up that has a lot of talent and they want to do what you're doing at a, at a great level. Well, as you come up one, there's a couple of things. One, um, find a way to always play. I mean, if you go back and look at even some of the big people like Elvis and others, they were church musicians. And one thing about being a church musician you got to play every Sunday. Yes, and sir. And you may have to play at a god-awful hour. Yes, <laughs> yes sir, you do. And, 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 and there's something about steadily playing and playing with people on a regular basis. Um, and that's, that's what helped me, whether it was, uh, you know, it, 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 it goes beyond playing in a band. I mean, even the Beatles played as, as young choir boys. They, you know, in England, everybody right. sang in choir and played lute or something, right? So play, play in ensemble settings and, and find a comfortable thing that just forces you to even play stuff you don't want to play. There are many songs that I just hate playing for services. But you know what? Uh, we play them to, because we're helping people at the service, helping understand what's going on. Same thing in theater. I mean, you know, not every song I played in Superstar did I like. Right. But I played it for a reason. And you learn to do that, and that's that's to me always been the key is 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 find a way to take the worst song that, that you can think of, but make it the best song for the people that are listening, the people that want to hear it. I I love that because I I have a good friend of mine's band in California, and they said I hate that song. I don't like to play that song. I said you know what? Everybody's on the dance floor when you play the song. Play the damn song. And they're like, oh, my gosh. And it's like, wow. You know, and so I'd make him also, he has a high falsetto, so I'd make him sing a old Sam Cooke song. But, you know, it's like, and, and, you know, and I'm sure you knew who Sam Cooke was, a legendary singer. But uh, all, all of a sudden, everybody would be out there dancing, though, you know, and he'd be like, wow, that too. And you go from that to the Doobie Brothers. So I think that was just a huge jump there and he didn't like playing ah well it kills my voice and man look the people are snuggling right on the dance floor keep playing the music i think that's one of the best lessons that you can teach a young uh, entertainer today you just touched upon that i i say often and i think that's great and i'm so glad with somebody with with, with your lineage and everything else that would sit there and bring that up i think it's great um for that now and, and winding this down well what are the uh people like who do you listen to like today just wondering on on your 
Playbox. What would I if I went to see your top songs on on your Playbox right now? What what would I be looking at? If you don't mind me asking. Oh wow. I go well. Okay, Beatles, of course. Of course, um, of course. <laughs> you know, no doubt about that. I uh, there's there's the whole thing of uh, you know the the eighties. I it was funny. I was just listening. I, I go through an eighties thing of everything from Hall and Oates to Point uh, Machine. Um, but then, you know, reach back into the 70s, you've got the, the, the Eagles. One of my favorite bands, Belongings in Messina. Oh, and I, wow, you know, yes, for sure. And I was in, living in Santa Barbara when they were living there, and actually, after they broke up, Jimmy was playing in a band called Oasis. It was made up of a bunch of local players, and I had a band called Thunder and Roses, and we used to rotate at a club called the 1129 on State Street. You know, it was just, just fantastic. So, uh, you know, those, those are the ones that, but I also, in the car, man, I'm listening to the 60s radio station a lot, you know, digging, digging the old stuff, and um, last but not least, Motown. Oh, oh my yes. God. That's great. That's just, I mean, you know, throw the king on top of that, and you got me hooked. I'm listening to the radio show, radio, I'll be down the road with you, you know, rolling down to Dallas, I'm right there, you know. That is gotcha. awesome. Yeah, that that is, and, and and here's the thing, you know. So now with everything coming out with this album, and and it's getting, it seems like it's getting really good stuff. And you're gonna get great reviews from us on this for sure. Lifebox Media Channel, so glad to have you on. Well, thank you. And uh, but I'll tell you. So, what was one thing you'd like to deliver to your fans and tell your fans out from this album? Uh, well, you know, that's boy. These are good questions. <laughs> I guess the, the the big thing is is that you know. We, we, the three of us are eclectic, so we hope we can touch as many people as possible. And that we, there's a song or two there that move you, that make you think, that goes beyond just, all right, it, it's a background noise, whether it's Abraham or Talking With Your Eyes or um, even Ma Cher Ma Bell. You know, it's, right. it's all about, you know, it's, you know, one thing about being a church musician that I learned a long time ago is, is that if you can move people, you can see it. You can feel it. Right. You know. Well, I mean, Mr. Abraham's kind of like a unity song, kind of brings everybody together. Oh, it is. So that's it kind is. of a, it, yeah. a magical spot right there to kind of reach out and if people listen to it and uh, you kind of just go along. They realize it's good to bring everybody together, and that's what it did. It did. Yeah, north, south, black, or white. To see the last man pay the toll. Absolutely. I love. I love that part. One more time. This is Paul Sharif right now. From the Radio Gunners, please tell us where we can find all your music at and all your social media. One more time, my friend. Sure. The RadioGunners.com is where our website is. We're on Facebook. We got Twitter. We got Instagram. Um, also, are uh, available uh, on uh, Amazon, uh, iTunes, and CD Baby, as well as all the streaming platforms: Pandora, Spotify. And just, man, I, I should have made myself a list. <laughs> we're on like 20 streaming platforms. <laughs> well, well, we're, we're, on a, we're on over a dozen of them ourselves, so everybody will list as many as we can. You and I have touch base after the show, and I'll line up as many as I can, and everybody can basically find you guys out there. Thank you so much, sir, for being on the show. Thank it's been you. a real pleasure. This is Paul Shreve right now from Radio Gunners. It's been a real pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much. Thank you, Char. Bye-bye Lifebox Media Channel. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye.